0: Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash podcast. And now for this week's episode. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Stephen Platt. thank you very much for downloading this week's episode, and this week we're watching Black Panther uh, sadly, it's it's for a sad reason. Uh, the lead actor of this film, uh, Chadwick Boseman, passed away last month at the age of forty-three. Um, was obviously very, very sad and quite unexpected um, because his uh, his condition, uh, which which was colon cancer, he'd, he'd kept secret um, for the duration of it. And um, yeah, we we really wanted to to look at one of his um, films, and there isn't really a film that you can do other than black panther because of the the impact that it had and that he had in bringing that character to life on the screen so as always we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not and i guess who has not seen the film it is a uh, professional school teacher nicola Brescianini. hi how are you nicola
1: i'm good thank you how are you
0: i'm good um it's school holidays at the moment so i imagine <laughs> you're well
1: so relieved. <laughs> it's been the longest year ever. Yeah,
0: it's... I, it's I, only
2: been six months. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know.
0: Yeah, I can really imagine. This has been a real, real tough year for teachers. Yes, mm. it has. Mm. I'm
1: ready for one nice stagnant year. It has yet to come in three years of me teaching at this school, but we'll get there.
0: Yeah, uh, but you are you are doing well and you are here to watch Black Panther. So what do you know about Black Panther?
1: I know that the main actor died. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep, um, and something about Wakanda.
0: That's right, Wakanda. Yep. That's- I know
1: all about that, only from people who I see on Instagram who mm-hmm. have had things to do with Marvel and the Disney parks. So mm.
0: excellent. So, so you're coming at this pretty fresh.
1: Yeah, I know absolutely nothing.
0: Okay, where where were you at? I guess with the various Marvel films, because I know we know that you're a big Disney cinephile. <laughs> But Marvel's a pretty recent uh, gang to turn up yeah. as part of the crew.
1: <laughs> yes, newest additions. Um, so I have seen one Iron Man film, probably when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I saw—I don't even think it was Marvel. The uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man.
0: Mm. No, the Sony. It's yeah. Okay. So it's. Well, I it, yeah. saw
1: that when it came out. Yeah. And that's it. So cool. this is like really my first proper Marvel film. Oh, that's yeah, very really. exciting. As an adult.
0: Mm, yes. Uh, so, well, we'll see what you think of it, but first we have to introduce our other guest. It is a um, uh, fellow podcaster. <laughs> it's Mr. Simon Haynes. How are you, Simon?
2: I am well, Simon. Thank you for having me on. It feels like an eternity. <laughs> mm, it it has been, because, I mean... 2020. <laughs> (laughs) The last time we were on was for The
0: Rocketeer about four months ago, but that was mid-lockdown here in WA. Yeah, four
2: months ago, so that was probably about 18 months in an hour time. Yeah, (laughs) in terms of what it feels
0: like. So, uh, Simon, you, since you were last on, have started
2: uh, two podcasts. podcasts. Yes. What are they? Okay, Stephen. The first one I started by myself, as a solo project called Kung Pao Enter the Minute, where I... Talk about analyze and you know usually laugh along with the cult classic Kung Pao Enter the Fist, a two thousand and two thousand and four oh sorry sorry two thousand two movie by Steve O'Dourke, which is a parody kung fu movie where he digitally inserted himself into an old nineteen seventies uh, kung fu flick, mm-hmm. and it's very funny and it's it, it pretty much almost bombed in the box office, but <laughs> <laughs> but you review this film one minute at a time. I, one minute segments at a time. There's a whole uh, genre that I just found out about in the last, like, year about analysing movies by minutes. So you take a movie, chop them up into minutes, and you analyse the individual minutes. what mm. so I'm saying- theory. You're saying that I don't have to do a whole movie every week. I think you're fine because I don't think you're going to find someone who's only watched one minute of the movie and one minute a person who hasn't watched the one yeah, minute of the movie. Yeah, I went to the bathroom during this minute, like that yeah. kind of thing. I know. I've, I know people have done that. Oh yeah, uh, in the, even in the cinema. But uh, and the other one is uh, a project I'm doing with my friend Connor Colson. It is called 60 Seconds to Comply, and it's the same concept, uh, but we're doing Rubber Cop, and it's a lot more in depth. Uh, because, well, RoboCop is a lot more of an in-depth movie. and I'm fairly certain you've not done either on this podcast yet. I know you've not done Kung Pao. We haven't done Kung Pao.
0: RoboCop we did way back in the first year.
2: I I, Uh, I couldn't remember or not. It's been that long.
0: Episode 14. It was Uh, one of the very first ones that we did. So definitely have it. <laughs> yeah, but we, but it's the only RoboCop we've done. We haven't done the one where he gets a jetpack, so, you know, that's... Yeah, we don't want to do that okay. one. Okay. No <laughs> um,
2: RoboCop is mm. like Highlander. There can be only one. Yeah, and it's the first one. And it's the first one. There's a lot of trash RoboCop sequels and... Mm, and
0: remakes.
1: And... Yes, I agree on all of the above. <laughs> yes, of course.
0: Massive <laughs> RoboCop fan Nicola Brescianini <laughs> with her opinion that Yeah, there.
2: well, we all know that RoboCop is the best Disney princess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> When you upon a start. like yeah, it's great. Um, Simon, Black Panther,
2: Black Panther. You've yes, seen this
0: film. I have seen this film in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way. What can people who haven't seen this film, like Nicola, expect?
2: Well, okay. Off the top of bat, it is a superhero movie. That's obviously beside the point. What I love about this film, in non-spoiler way, is that I like that it's a non-Western take on superhero genre. Even though it was created by Disney and all that, it has it's. It's a movie that's also predominantly written, directed, filmed, cast uh, by you know, African-American and black uh, creators. So the, I'm spacing on the names of the, directed by Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler, yeah. Yes, who directed uh, Michael B. Jordan in also in Creed. So there's a lot of uh, African and black voices in this movie. Uh, it's predominantly a black cast. I think this is probably one of the most unique of the Marvel films in in the sense of, like, it still follows the Marvel tropes and follows the Marvel storylines and the pitch, because that's just things. But it's got its own unique voice and identity, and I think that's really cool. Uh, Beyond that, it's a fun adventure. A lot of good characters, some humour, some action. And I think it's probably one of the most, um, I don't know, poignant of the movies as well. It's not your typical... It, it deals with a lot of issues as well. It, it's not your typical punch-for-punch-and-don't-ask-questions movies. Mm. And
0: I suppose also because it is a Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, film, it's not... It is it, 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 it is a standalone film. Yes. It but has, it is part of a larger narrative.
2: It really it's probably... Uh, ever since, say, Avengers, it's probably one of the least standalone films. It does reference events that happens in Civil War, but of course it just retells those events uh, in a very way that's meaningful for the story it just was backstory you'll see why it literally happens in like the first 20 minutes of the movie Uh,
1: so would you say that this is a good place to start for somebody who's never seen a Marvel film
2: uh, yeah I'd actually say it's probably one of the most uh, standalone movies in the entire genre Um, Wakanda's not really been explored outside of this movie except maybe in Infinity War Mm. At the at best Which came out after this So yeah You've probably picked a great entry point Don't expect this from any other Marvel movie But that's not necessarily a bad thing uh, But I think this is probably one of the best ones ever made It's not personally my favourite But I think it's probably one of the best MCU movies made all right, well, with all that uh, being sorry, said... They, I'm sorry I'm setting up a high bar here. But <laughs> <Yeah. that's, laughs> we'll that, see. Uh, we'll <laughs> be it, the judge it of It is that. also one of the most financially uh, successful Marvel movies in the entire franchise. Mm. Okay. Because I think it earned over a billion dollars. I think it's one of the first movies that earned over a billion dollars. Yeah, it
0: earned uh, a whole whack of cash is the official yeah. term. <laughs> so... With all that being said, shall we watch Black Panther?
2: Yes, please. Let's
0: do. Okay, for those of you listening at home, pop in those DVDs and prepare to say Wakanda forever as we watch Black Panther. just finished watching Black Panther and by we I of course mean Mr Simon Haynes Hello And Miss Nicola Brescianini Hi Nicola that was your first time watching Black Panther, what did you think?
1: Uh, that was, I actually had a really hard time following it to be honest mm-hmm. it, I really liked the movie but I had to ask a lot of questions along the way
2: mm. Which is funny because it is a very dense film but it's also a dense film that doesn't rely on other movies It's Mm. all really inside of its own self.
1: Yeah, which was good because having not seen any of the other ones, I would have been really confused if that had been the case.
2: Yeah,
0: I think for um, it's really interesting for for a Marvel film to be so self-contained. Yeah, so so closed off. I mean, a bit like Wakanda, so closed off from everything else, Mm. sort of that's happening in the MCU because this is the the eighteenth film Mm. in the the Marvel eighteenth. Yeah. This was the 18th. There's, Hang on,
1: you're actually telling me that there's been 18 movies. There's
2: been more. <laughs> so on average, So on average, except for maybe like one or two years, there's been like two MCU movies released since 2008.
1: Are you joking? I'm I know. not
2: joking. Yeah, so this was film number 18, technically, in the big old... And that's not including the Sony releases of Spider-Man, which ended up bumping up a third movie in later years. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay,
1: hang on. So, like, when was the first one released? Uh,
2: Iron Man was released in 2008. It was Iron Man... So
1: there's been 18 since 2008? What? There's been more than
0: 18. They're up to 22, I believe, now. Oh.
2: With more on the way. Holy moly. Yeah, we're just about to start... Well, we were just about to start Phase 4 with the release of Black Widow, and then the world exploded. Mm. And it still keeps exploding. Oh, my God.
1: I think I could list... (laughs) <laughs> the The number of Marvel movies I know on one hand
2: uh, so here's a fun fact that I thought about on <laughs> the drive through I've only seen uh, there's only one Marvel movie of the MCU lot that I never saw in cinemas and that was Incredible Hulk oh wow I never got a chance to see it and every the time since then I've watched every movie in the cinema mm. I love these films
0: yeah and I suppose Simon um, all of these films have their own sort of distinct mm. flavours um what is it about Black Panther
2: that that made it stand out from the others for you? Okay, definitely the style of the movie I think is brilliant okay so what I like about later MCU movies is that Marvel definitely made an attempt to try and start making the movies more identifiable in regards to style pacing, but also like experimenting with comedy. Um, things like that. This is essentially the MCU Bond film. Mm. And I love Bond. And oh my God. Um, one of the first reactions I ever had, the, the underground casino scene, I was there going, this is a Bond film. This is a, <laughs> this essentially is a Bond film. And I think, I remember at the time going, if they ever replace Bond, I want Chadwick Boseman to be Bond. He mm. could be Bond. Everyone just keeps saying, Andrew Selva, no, Chadwick Boseman.
0: Was
1: mm. Korean Casino Royale. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I,
0: you know, I, I hadn't considered that until you, you said it just, just said then. It. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a James Bond film if James Bond had was like superpowers, a bat suit. Yeah, but basically, like he's yeah, this, yeah, is, and, this is um like if yeah, Batman was king. <laughs> yeah, you've got um you've got your sort of powerful protagonist in, mm. in T'Challa yeah. slash James Bond. They've got their tech assistant in Q or Shuri. Yeah. yeah. They've lots of foreign locales they go to. Yeah. There's it's exotic locations. Product placement with um, <laughs> with, with with automobiles. Yeah. <laughs> pretty course. prominently. Yeah. Um
2: yeah, I suppose it it is a little bit it's James Bondy. Whereas Winter Soldier was the sp- spy thriller. Mm-hmm. Very much on lines of, I'm trying to remember the, the... A lot of the 70s spy thrillers that they used to produce, and that was how they made Winter Soldier. This one feels just like, yeah, they want to make a James Bond film. Hmm. <laughs> and I love this. I Yeah, I love the design. I love the look. I love the cinematography. The acting is spot on. Yeah, and, there wasn't
1: a bad actor in that.
2: Hmm. Yeah, everyone bought... And what I love about this film, all the female characters are badass. <laughs> and I love every... I actually like the female characters more... Aoki is my favourite character in this entire film. She's the general. She's my favourite character in yeah, the entire she film. Second and the only second character that's my favourite is Siri, the sister. Yeah. Those are my two favourite characters in the entire film. And then probably Mbaku. And like, T'Challa's down the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it, 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 is, it is interesting because T'Challa, I
0: actually enjoyed much more watching it this time than mm. the first time I saw this film. Because you're right, those other characters really stand out yeah. above um above the lead but i mean t'challa is he's
1: also very serious he's very
0: serious
2: and he is the lead he is the central literally mm. central core of the movie is the the titular character yeah yeah Yeah. but you're right i mean okoye
0: is just (laughs) so good uh, what again the rewatch for me was very much about just going oh she has an arc yeah that's why she's so cool that's why she's got like uh, because she's pretty prominent in infinity war despite the Mm. fact that that's a film with so many characters. I always remember her sequences in, mm. in that film and being like she got a lot more screen time than I remember. And then I remember watching this film and going, Oh yeah, because she was such a badass. Yeah. <laughs> same with
2: same with Siri as well. Um Is she, she in that too. Yeah. She so in the Infinity War they go to a conda to salvage the Mind Stone from vision. Mm. Okay, this makes no sense to you, Nicola, I apologise <laughs> And so there's a good chunk of that is... Because Wakanda is essentially the most fortified place on the entire planet. And they're literally trying to fend off an intergalactic invasion.
0: Hmm. And they were like, where's a good place for us to defend? Maybe this city with all this super cool tech, basically.
2: Right next to the vibranium.
0: Yeah. So they... um, Yeah, and I I feel as though... Watching this, it's really really quite nice how standalone this film is when when you consider that all the other appearances of the Black Panther... Hmm. Are so tied into other people's stories because, of course, mm. we're introduced to this particular version of the character as played by Chadwick Boseman mm. in the third Captain America film yeah. where he's essentially part of like a B plot, yeah. Um, but it sets up this film, and then, of course, um, Wakanda's involvement and Black Panther's involvement in the Infinity War.
2: If there's only one movie that's not a direct sequel to another Marvel movie that you need to really. That it depends so much on every other single movie before it. It's Infinity War because mm. it, it's got so much going on. It relies on those other movies for the setup. I've yeah, s- I've heard of people who've watched Infinity War and enjoyed it, but I've not seen the other movies, but they're so confused. Yeah, yeah.
0: they just they it's well, nice. Yeah, but I mean, this. Yeah, you're right. This film tells a story that is pretty, I guess, by the book to an extent, but it's not. It's, it's not so much the story it's telling; it's the way
2: it's told. It's essentially Shakespearean. And mm. Marvel's done Shakespearean drama and, like, betra- you know, it's all betrayal and family issues, kings, and I mean, it's essentially Thor again. A little bit,
0: yeah. 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 Um, I mean, yeah, the story is basically hey, we've got a king. Oh, he's got to prove himself as king. Hang on a minute. Somebody else, some distant relation with yeah. a really cool haircut who is um, <laughs> super hot, I think. Uh, <laughs> it's fair to say. Nicola, <gasps> you yeah. liked Michael B. Jordan. He in this. was
1: banging. Mm. <laughs> He's.
0: I mean, look, he's, he's a, he's a good-looking man. He is, mm. and he plays. I, I think he plays a fantastic mm. villain. Oh yeah. Um. I, I suppose, given your relatively uh, limited exposure to the Marvel films, mm-hmm. what would have been your expectations of uh, what the villain would be? Because they're a pretty big part of these superhero films.
1: Mm. Well the um i don't know who he, what his name was the the british guy
0: uh, oh, oh and martin freeman, has... martin freeman no, uh, no,
1: no, no 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 not martin Fre- no come on not there's only british. There is no way that he would play the villain come on oh. i've seen fargo it no um no the the guy with the arm oh, rocket cool. yeah oh, well, he's
2: not playing he's he's not british he's south african oh, the character south african oh. but that's Andy Zirkus. um Again, that's one of the f- the funny in jokes of this movie is the Gollum and uh, Bilbo re- re- uh, reunion scene.
1: Hang on, is that why you were talking about Gollum? Yes. Yes. I did not know that that was him.
2: <laughs> oh right, no, that's that's what
0: yeah, he looks like didn't... when he's not in a CGO jumpsuit. He looks. <gasps> I've Beat also never joke. seen Lord
1: of the Rings, but. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Well, well, when you see it, that's yeah. that's who played him. That's oh, Andy Serkis. Oh Yeah. Mm.
1: I didn't realize that. Okay, no. but that. Sorry, I thought he was British because it was yeah. set in London. Anyways, it doesn't mm. matter. So like, he is isn't who Andy I Circus
2: ex- New Zealand. He's. I think he is yeah. Kiwi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, we're going confusing now, but go on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's got ties everywhere. No, but that he is who I expected the villain to mm. be. Right. Mm. Well, looks- in the comic
2: books, uh, Claw is a major villain of Black Panther, and that uh, Act Two twist is. Chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. So good. yeah, where
0: you, you're like, you, you're you right. I think you're expecting Claw to be there the whole way through. Yeah. Mm. And he's not. He gets turned on by Killmonger. And yeah. you
1: know what? It wasn't even until the end credits came up at the end that I went, oh shit, I forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> like, you get so caught up with the hot guy being the villain mm. that by the end of it, you've totally forgotten that you were led on to believe that this guy was going to be the main villain throughout the whole film. Well, yeah. Andy
2: Zerkas is. Hamming it up the entire <clears throat> film, and he's so memorable. But at the same time, the interesting story beat is Kilmongo versus Chichala, mm. mm. and that's where the heart of the movie essentially ends up in that uh, end act. Mm. So it's the
1: in the Mufasa versus Scar yeah. finale, yeah. yeah.
0: And yeah, it does have a lot of beats to the Lion King, and I mm. think the fact that it's just two cats fighting, <laughs> yeah, it is two cats fighting. But I also think the fact that this film is obviously so steeped in um, African culture. Yes, uh, and yes. the fact is, is that the movie of the previous generation that arguably did that was The Lion King, and it's another regicidal, um, <laughs> you know, ruling over the nation, ruling over this this beautiful country, but the the sort of ugly civil war that breaks out.
2: Just quickly touching on the Africans thing, the design of this movie, Wakanda the uh, the inspired like it's it's a modern technological thing but it has nothing to do with western culture i love mm. that they actually thought sat down and thought where would this culture evolve so their devices don't look western their ships look like animals there's like insectoid things oh, that's so so
0: cool. good. yeah and i, love I, I think it's a really fantastic um showcasing of um a subset of science fiction that we just do not see that much of in popular Mm. media, which is Afrofuturism, Mm. which is this idea of, um, like future cultures that are based off African or Mm. black identifying cultures and what they would look like because so much of what our futuristic science fiction looks like is, is based on white culture because that's where the, 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 that's where science fiction, as we understand it was sort of, birthed yeah. in terms of um or at least popularized in the 30s and 40s it was very american and british uh, and specifically white american and white british
2: there's a term that comes up frequently in this movie to use when there's talking about white people and it's colonizers yeah and i love that thing it's just that little detail it's like what are you talking about colon colonizer it's like you know that the kind of thing they go hang on yeah that we would be kind of looked on about like that, mm. like the, the the invaders, like mm. the people who have taken someone else's culture and ripped it from them and stuff like. I, yeah, it's a tiny detail. And I've always loved it. It's actually
1: I, a very political film. Yeah, when it comes like mm. when it comes down to it. Yes.
0: Yeah, and I think that is also one of the things that certainly uh, people really enjoyed about this film is that this is a film that did not. It didn't make um, the the politics of um, the last. Five hundred years of uh, relations between the Western world and Africa. It didn't make it the central point of the film, no. but it was the underlying sort of drumbeat, the percussive beats of, like the characters are acting this way because of social conditions. Uh, the fact is, is that um, not it's not just the, the use of the term colonizer to um, Barton Freeman's character. It's it's things like the motivation for. Uh, T'Chaka the previous king the Mm. motivation for his brother N'Jobu's betrayal is that he is immersed in African American culture in America in the 90s and like I think it's very specific the reason it's somewhere like 1992 when you look at like the Rodney King riots and things Mm. like that like it's it's looking at um, a character who has basically been swayed to going no Wakanda is Ignoring the plight of people who are our people, depending on how you view it. Obviously, the king never viewed people not from Wakanda as being Wakandans, whereas Mm. uh, N'Jobu and Killmonger both had, um, to varying degrees, a sort of wider perspective on like, no, but they are are African, they are our people, and we should be doing more to help them. And I think having that as a motivation, but not what the
2: film is about... It becomes more of a prevalent thing about isolationism like the Wakanda society is very isolationist. We don't, you know, even though this becomes a big, the big point in the end of the, towards the end of the film is the idea that there are others out there that share our skin who are getting hurt by other people. We could do something to say them. And Wakanda took a path of saying, no, we're going to, we have all this technology. It's, it's the prime directive in Star Trek. I got to get a reference in there, mm-hmm. you know, we have an advanced technology. It's wrong for us to, because we know where that can lead when we give our technology and it goes completely pear-shaped. But then the argument is, but people are suffering. We can help them. Mm. And that's where I think the great, um, T'Challa's great arc is, is that he's not just he's evolving as a king, as a person. He's also that thing of like, we can help other people. And mm. we've our turning on our backs to the suffering of others has led to, killmonger mm. and the radicalization of well again we've got the monday the political climate is people are sick and tired of being oppressed mm. and the only thing they can do is once they've been ignored for so long the only thing they can do is react mm. they can riot protest mm. it's very very i love movies that are still relevant and this is even more so now yeah, yeah i think it's interesting though that the that
0: Killmonger's ideology is presented it is presented in a way where it is not that the ideology it's wrong, it mm. is that it is the individual is wrong. It's the radicalization is yeah, wrong. Killmonger is someone who is violent and selfish but is also hurt and believes that this power should be shared mm. but it's because he wants power for himself but yep. it's because he has seen power kill his father and you know t'chaka t- and the and by association to Chala, i think from killmonger's perspective are the same as like the police force that that oppress and brutalize black people oh, in america he was also in that trained by the cia
2: he was also trained by the CIA. Yeah, and and then, you know, like
0: the fact that he makes that point at the beginning in the British Museum where mm. he's kind of like, no, nah, no, nah, you stole it, <laughs> like all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think it's really interesting that they're all viewpoints where you kind of go, yeah, um, I, I... I, No think, one's wrong. Yeah, it's, or it's, it's not so much that people are right or wrong, it's that they have built beliefs that make sense mm. and are still able to conflict with one another. Like T'Challa and Killmonger both present different viewpoints that are both sort of objectively mm-hmm. logical. Um, but they clash because of where they come from and what they believe should be done. Mm. Um but and ultimately the sort of the heroism and the villainry comes from almost more a moralistic standpoint of the fact that T'Challa would not Kill people the way that Killmonger does, mm. and like you know, we see that Killmonger is a bad dude. You know, he shoots his girlfriend when mm. um, she gets kidnapped by Claw. He he kills Claw, which you know uh, we we can look at and go, yeah, Claw's a bad person. He has absolutely zero remorse. But but T'Challa would never have killed Claw because he mm. wanted to take him back to Wakanda to face the judicial process there. Mm. Um, I think it is really fascinating how they do that balance, and I I also agree. Um, I, I think it's really kind of just quite bold in a, in a way that killmonger's final lines in the film are about choosing to die rather than being bondage and mm. specifically references slaves or people that were taken to be slaves by the um, by the british and the european slave trade and who th- chose to throw themselves into the sea and drown rather than live as live slaves and that was a, yeah, rather than live in bondage because that's no life at all. And like the fact that he quotes that and then checks out like dies there is like, okay, so that they're not they're not pussyfooting around that specific thing. Mm. They they bring it in as being almost the central argument. I, I almost
2: end. wish he'd survive survive because I really like the character, but mm. at the same time it's totally fitting.
1: And what a fantastic speech mm. to end that on to. Yeah. 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 It was really, actually really thought-provoking. Mm.
0: Yeah. It's, I think that's the lovely thing about Black Panther, uh, compared to other superhero films, not just mm. MCU, is I, I feel as though this film afterwards, there was a bit of chin-stroking from a lot of people, just, hmm, yes, this is making me think. Because something like, for example, another film from this sort of same time period was Thor Ragnarok, mm. which is a delightful film. Uh, it was really same year wasn't it I think Thor Ragnarok was about 3 or 4 months before I think it was the end of 2017 yeah and so the experience of seeing Thor Ragnarok was fun but at no point did it make me you know like question anything mm. about um, the world that we live in because that wasn't the point of that film you know yeah. they got Ta- taika waititi and the point was to make a fun loud colorful vibrant it has its own explosive things, but film. it's
2: not as deep yeah, but at that point I think Thor needed a bit of fun injected into him.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think it I think it is I think it's not surprising that this film did as well as it did hmm. partly because it had these questions and partly because it celebrated and represented um a group of people who we just do not see celebrated in big mass media blockbuster films like this, which was looking at Black culture, looking specifically at African culture, and also the fact that this is a film which has, um, like, a predominantly black cast. Mm -hmm. And you know, we should say, sitting around this table, we are three white people. I think that's very fair to say. You know, we are, we are, um, we we are, arguably not who this film was made for. But at the same time, Black Panther is not a film. That I think was made specifically for you know like, this is the film for black people to watch. Mm. It was made for no. everyone to watch, and I I certainly every time I've watched this film have not felt excluded. Mm. Like I think Local Wakanda is set up as this place that is representing a group but open for
2: all to observe. It's not like whitewashed. Like you pr- if okay. So if this was probably made let's say twenty years ago, mm-hmm. before. Definitely before the MCU, before when superheroes kind of had that renaissance, um, around about, yeah, about X Men this would probably be like the white, most whitewashed uh, Black Panther movie you'll ever get. Mm. they probably, you know, it'd be that thing where it wouldn't have any of the nuance. It wouldn't well, have I any mean, of the subtext. I
0: think it would probably have been set mostly somewhere in America. It'd be in
2: Brooklyn or somewhere like yeah, that. Yeah, to
0: be honest, it'd be like coming to America with superpowers. it be <laughs> like... That, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, it, but, th- but that's essentially, I think, what it would be. It yeah. would be you take the person from their setting, but you put them somewhere where we can get yeah. some white actors in. You'd be the fish-out-of-water um, story. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I think this film really just... Celebrated, um, not doing that as much as possible, Hmm. and not in a sort of antagonistic, anti-white way, which Hmm. I know that some people feel about this film because ideological, because of (laughs) ideological issues. I'm not going to
2: call them morons. I will. You may. (laughs) Um, The the political opinions of Simon Hayes do not reflect on the Cinema Catch Up Club. Yes, um, but the,
0: but 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 I, I really felt as though they they just really lent into what were the strengths that make Black Panther from its original source material Mm. unique. Um, And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a bloody good film.
1: What was the, um, the feedback from critics and things like that on this film? It's a
2: highly uh, praised film. It's
0: largely very positive. Um, I mean, the feedback from, from the audiences we know because of how much money this film made. Yeah. people people really like this film.
2: I would probably say I don't know I don't know about Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic. It's got to be in high 90s. I'd say it's probably got to be like 90 95 around that range. So the the average rating
0: for this film on IMDb is 7.3 out of 10. Okay. But the average rating on Rotten Tomatoes is 96%. Yeah. So okay. um, IMDb sources its um, critical responses from I believe only professional critics it doesn't take um... well,
2: this is why I look at Metacritic sometimes because Metacritic mm. will split it up and Ron Tobias does as well it's it's the meta it's the critic rating versus the uh, user input rating and you've got to be careful okay it really doesn't surprise me this is because this is probably one of the most well-regarded superhero movies and superhero mm. movies let's be brutally honest for the longest time have always been regarded as trash cinema mm. and I love my trash cinema this isn't a trash film.
0: Yeah, and I think it represents that shift away. The mm. Metacritic score for this film, by the way, is 88. Okay. So, so, yeah, it's... So, it's, it's
1: largely well-received. Yeah, lar-
0: yeah. yeah, largely well-received. And I think, like, I mean, but also, like, Nicola, you're a brand-new viewer for this mm. film. This was your first time watching it. You are someone who is well-versed cinematically in certainly the, the Disney yeah. side of things. <laughs> but, you know, you are a human being. You are a flesh-and-blood human being who watches films.
1: I like to think so. Yeah, well, what did
0: you think? <laughs> <laughs> well like just like your sort of general thoughts on this film are are what exactly?
1: Um I thought it was really thought-provoking. Mm. Like a lot more than I ever expected from a superhero movie. Um I thought the acting was phenomenal. The music was really good. Mm-hmm. Um the music yeah. was really good actually. Um and there were quite a few times when I like <sighs> I think sometimes the mark of good music is that it really underpins and pinpoints some moments, but you don't always notice it doing that. Whereas in this movie, I actually quite regularly sat there and went, "Oh, actually, this is really—it sounds good." It's
2: funny where the soundtrack is because you, yeah, that's exactly what a good soundtrack does. It uh, reinforces the film, Mm. it buffers it. We don't want it to be too distracting, and sometimes a distracting soundtrack is. Wrong, but at the same time, yeah. But this is distracting
1: absorbed. in a good way. Yeah,
0: the, the composer for this uh, soundtrack was um, Ludwig uh Gransson, who uh, is not uh, from from uh, the bike background, as you might yeah. expect. Say,
1: sounds with German. That name. Like I was going to say,
2: Ludwig, <laughs> he's um, from South Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> Swedish, um, but he's a common uh, collaborator with the director, Ryan Coogler, mm. um and did basically just a, a fantastic job of like researching the music as part of the general production design of this film Mm. researching the, the sort of culture, the cultures that they wanted to represent to create Wakanda and the various nations or, or, um, Tribes within Wakanda, and the music was part of that. So there is there is musical elements taken from all over the continent mm. of Africa mm. that he compiled into this. And one of the three Academy Awards that this film won was for Best Original Score. Like, oh, and yep. I, I think the music is is really good. It's it, it, it like it just as you're both saying, it, it, listening along to it, it just gives the film a sort of a lovely rhythm that mm. that you just don't have in any other films. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it really does stand it, out.
1: Yeah. Yep, that was exactly what I was going to say. It really stands out mm. on its own as really a really great soundtrack.
2: Well, we were talking, I think was we were talking before off off camera. Monday <laughs> uh, superhero films no longer have themes, or at least very minimal ones. And it's so it's good to hear, like, when you hear a song, there's no distinct theme, like mm. a theme music or a theme tune. Yeah, beyond, like, the Avengers theme. Yeah. I mean, the only really noticeable music is just because it's ingrained in every Marvel fucking fan at this point is these Marvel Studios theme tune.
0: Yeah, that kind of bum bum
2: bum 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 like Yeah, the just nice thing. lovely energetic burst. Um but yeah, but the music is so good. I I really want the soundtrack. <laughs>
0: Would you guys like some trivia about love Black Panther? Love it, yes. All right. All of this trivia is sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. <laughs> uh, the first bit of trivia is about the name Black Panther. Uh, the comic The Black Panther was created in July 1966.
1: Okay, hang on. Sorry, I'm going to stop you there. Yes. So, my only knowledge of this, I think, comes from Forrest Gump, so forgive my <laughs> ignorance. Um, but was there not a historical group called the black panthers Yes, that's exactly okay i was going. thinking that through this yeah. yes so was that a homage to it it was
0: not because mm-hmm. the black panther party was founded two months after the character was introduced in oh, the comic wow. books yeah uh, many people mistakenly assumed that the black panther character was a reference to the party um and it wasn't and they actually changed the name of the black panther briefly to the black leopard Hmm. Because they were like, ah, this this we group don't... that's it's become a bit quite too significant. political now. <laughs> yeah, they were basically like, we we didn't create this character to be associated with the civil rights movement, hmm. at least not like as openly as this. So they changed the name to the Black Leopard, but readers and the creators didn't really care for the title, and the name reverted back to the
2: Black Panther. Well, Stan um, was never a hundred percent, you know apolitically you always tend to he did tend to try and but he it was of the era where you tended to to um, hide or you know put it under the radar the political content because it was still technically kids books hmm. but he'd always try and add some kind of social commentary that's literally the reason why we have X-Men hmm. X-Men was always being a title that was supposed to be dealing with issues like initially civil rights literally the whole idea of the mutants is an analogy to, an analogy to the civil rights movement at the time okay. as well. Mm. I mean, it started off a bit more, you know, it's just a random team with weird things, but the actual text of the comic book itself started to deal with mutant issues, you know, mutant rights. That's why Magneto would fight for mutant rights, even though he's the bad guy. Yeah. Mm. So, any moron that says, oh, only comics have got political in the last 10 years are fools. Mm. Any comic historian will tell you. Literally Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel literally Captain America punched Hitler and the front cover of his first comic book. That's a political statement. Mm.
1: Well, yeah, it doesn't really get a lot more political than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Yes. laughs> um,
2: and yeah, I, I think it is interesting
0: that, um, that, that, that they ended up going, no, this character's name is Black Panther and mm. you're just going to have to I suppose as an audience sort of understand that this character is not Associated with the Black Panthers, uh, the, the political movement, even mm. though there are those connections and yeah. allusions that can be made, but yeah, they they sort of were both born around the same time in and terms that's of that. Mm. Uh, Wesley Snipes wanted to play the Black Panther back in the nineteen nineties, mm. um, and he was approached by Marvel at the times at, at the time to potentially be Black Panther in a film made back in the nineties. Um, given the limitations in special effects at the time Black Panther's suit would have basically been a leotard with cat ears um, uh, so <laughs> That's maybe the his costume was yeah but maybe it's good they didn't quite <laughs> do it back then
1: who's Wesley Snipes?
0: Uh, Wesley Snipes would go on to play another uh, famous Marvel um, Blade protagonist in Blade in the Blade films in the late 90s who was a vampire hunter,
2: half vampire, Ooh. half a human vampire hunter. It's okay. That so sounds ridiculous. So <laughs> quick. So quick thing is, um, black. The blade, blade was the first black led superhero movie. Okay. So it, it was a black character. He was he was created around about the time of the seventies. He was a black. He was a bit of an exploitation character, which Marvel was dealing with a lot of the time. Was doing a lot of, um, like when. Blaxploitation was a thing. That's how Luke Cage got made. So they were really following a lot of trends. And they went... And I think it was New Line Cinema was just like, we want to make this movie. And Marvel just went, yeah, okay. We don't care about Blade. Make this movie. And Blade got really popular because of it and actually helped bring about X, uh, the X-Men movies mm. and Spider-Man.
0: Um, Wesley Snipes is uh, the, the actor who portrayed yeah. Blade. He was massive in the 90s. Yeah. This is a picture of him as Blade, which I'm just showing Nick Yeah.
1: I've never seen...
0: That, that person Oh you know character. what you're going to do when you get the Blade trilogy out for uh, the podcast Yeah <laughs> We're going to get Nicola on Although of course they, they, I've they, seen them also They are now making Blade again Yeah uh, But with uh, Mahershala Ali
2: Yeah they've announced that for Netflix I think not. not Netflix uh, Disney Plus mm.
0: Which is um,
2: pretty pretty exciting mm.
0: uh, And I th- I'm, I'm, again It's been a while since I've seen Blade But I'm, I'm keen yeah. to watch that
2: <laughs> I'm not a fan of the first one mm. i for the second one And then I'm a defender of the third one <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, but in terms of uh, Wesley Snipes' potential involvement uh, with, with Black Panther, mm. um, Snipes, of course, ended up playing Blade. He retained an interest in Black Panther after doing the Blade movies, but it never materialised, mostly due to disagreements over the script. Ultimately, he got too old to play the part, and Marvel obviously decided to take their story in a different direction with the cinematic universe. Um, even though Snipes was not a part of the final Black Panther project, he has been on record as saying that he thinks that Chadwick Boseman's interpretation was a thousand percent the right way of playing that (laughs) character. So yeah, yeah. I am, I, I am really pleased that Wesley Snipes, even though he didn't get to play this character, he really loves Mm-hmm. at least he's happy with the version that, that, that uh, was, was turned out. I oh, wonder God.
1: why they didn't give him like a little cameo.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. Probably because he's been in jail for tax dodging oh. like yeah, oh, he's, that's he's probably... been out for a while. He's been out for a oh. while, but it's it's more just kind of like a Yeah, but he, this
1: he, was also made since Disney yeah. it <laughs> And
0: he's not Tim Allen with like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when it comes to ex cons there's only one that yeah. they, <laughs> they might do stuff. If Tim Allen had to be in Black Panther, what would his cameo be? Where would you put Tim Allen? I think it had to be in the casino mm. <laughs> He'd just be at the bar Next to um, yeah. Nakia When she's ordering the whiskey Going hey what about
2: mine <laughs> the, 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 Let's be brutally honest That's pretty much the only could Racially have been in the diverse museum. area mm.
1: uh, Maybe the museum uh, no, I think... He could have been that You know the guy who was like Waiting to check out When the ambulance came in Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: He could have been there going why are you taking the lunch break? I'm trying to order my coffee. Hey, come back here. <laughs> yeah. um, Black Panther is the first movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to have its opening weekend domestic box office surpass its production costs. The film cost $200 million US to make, and its Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday opening weekend domestic box office was $202 million. Wow. So they made their money back in four days.
1: Yeah. Just That's in nice. the US yeah that's nice
0: good on him the scars on Eric Killmonger's body are a form of body modification called scarification um, a dying tradition carried out by some African tribes Mm. some tribes use it as a form of identity or social status and some to mark milestones achieved for life and for Killmonger as he says each scar represents a person he had killed uh, him doing this to his body can also be seen as a misguided way for him to try and connect to his African ancestry. Mm. And for um, oh. Michael B. Jordan to get all of those uh, scars on him took about two and a half, three hours. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I think I said at the time that oh. would have taken forever.
0: <laughs> yeah. But what that means is that some somebody or several somebodies have just been able to look at. Michael B. Jordan shirtless and touch him for three hours, Nicola. That's a which,
1: sweet job. Yeah.
0: So if you want to have
1: that job, that it's called makeup. Mm.
0: <laughs> the comic book writer Jonathan maybury author of the Doom War arc, uh, first learned about apartheid as a young teen because of the Black Panther's appearance in Fantastic Four. Um, This encouraged him to break away from the upbringing of his racist father, who was a member of the KKK in Philadelphia. The editors at Marvel did not know this when they offered him the job of writing the Panther comic. (laughs) Mabry often cites the Panther as one of the most significant positive influences on his life, which, again, feeds into that kind of thing of, as you said about um, Stanley and the others at Marvel, Mm. were not openly uh, sort of displaying this is a political comic, but they were having those messages yeah. in there and yeah i i again just just the i think part of the reason why black panther was so resonant is because the character from the comic books has built up a lot of significant cachet mm. with those who know and yeah. and also the fact that there are not a huge amount of black superheroes um, that are as prominent as Black Panther.
2: Let alone African-American... Not, not African-American, African superheroes mm. is also a big thing that Condor as well. It's not just black representation, it's other cultures' representation. Yeah.
0: And also the fact that even when we do have prominent black superheroes, they tend to be like people who have been handed the mantle from a white superhero. So like mm. Mars Morales in the Spider-Man yep. universe is not the original Spider-Man, that's yep. Peter Parker. Um, obviously we've got it with... Um, the current Marvel Cinematic Universe with Captain America yeah. uh, because that that title has been passed on from yeah. one captain now to another captain. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact that it, is, um, that it is something that is identifiably belonging to this culture representing this group of people, mm-hmm. I think is partly why it's been so significant and why it made a buttload of money. <laughs> Where's
1: Blade from?
2: I know his mother is African-American, but I don't know if they've ever revealed if his... Who his father was It's been a long time since i read Blade in comics okay. But he's a, the reason why he's a half vampire, half-humor Is because his mother got turned into a vampire While he was still in the womb And I think she got turned as he was born So he ended up with oh, vampire power Yeah, Blade's weird But yeah, Blade's not... I don't think Blade has always been a good representative character in the comics hmm. As much as... I think Liu Kang, Liu Kang, Luke Cage did it a little bit better but Luke Cage was also a ghetto character. Mm.
1: So was so. he also African American?
2: Yes, African American.
1: Okay, so this is yeah. actually the only one that is African. Certainly the first in, in yeah, okay. the yeah.
2: Marvel staple. Yeah, definitely oh. the first. Um, there's not, but that's also the thing with American comics. There's very few international superheroes, and there's probably more international villains than there are international superheroes. <laughs> mm. There have been attempts at international heroes and other comics like there has been australian superhero comics but they never take off i was and gonna
1: say when's when's the australian one coming uh that'd be a table. i think <laughs> i think
0: we just have to claim Thor. i think that's basically what it is <laughs>
1: well
2: our, our current biggest australian superhero is uh um i was gonna say he i was gonna say um hugh Laurie, no hugh jackman mm. and Oh, Wolverine.
1: <laughs> Wolverine! Yes, I didn't <laughs> think about that. Like, yeah,
2: <laughs> actually, yeah, Wolverine and Thor. I, I think we yeah. can take
0: that. Even yeah. if the Canadians want Wolverine, you can't have him. Get Why a Canadian. <laughs> Why? Uh, Wolver- uh,
2: Wolverine, Wolverine is the Canadian? Comics. Yeah, Wolverine the comics is Canadian.
1: Nah, bullshit.
2: <laughs> um, the, <laughs> you heard it here, folks. It's official. Yeah. <laughs> Nicholas says so.
0: We, we're going with that. The composer Ludwig Goranson, as we mentioned before, travelled to South Africa and visited the International Library of African Music in Grahamstown to listen to musical archives, uh, which contained thousands of different tribes from around Africa. He also travelled to Senegal and other areas of South Africa to record local musicians to form the base of the music, Mm. which is just good research. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it um, pays off. Oh, absolutely. Again, the music in this thing is is just... Mm. It's brilliant. It's, it just really stands out. The director, Ryan Coogler, brought in consultants who are experts in African history and politics to work on defining Wakanda. Quote... There are many African countries, each with different histories, mythologies, and cultures. There are several tribes who live amongst each other, and together they make the identity of their country. We honed in on some of the history and cultural influences from African countries and made estimations from there, end quote. So that was sort of Kugler's main approach to the sort of mishmash of cultures that are represented.
2: Uh, the committee is a very good example about that. The, um, the, all the leaders of the... the... The what five kingdoms, mm. uh, all have a very that leaders mm. all have a very because like, oh, I don't know what it's called but like the one has the disc in his no in his plate yeah yeah and the other one has the dreadlocks with the mud dreadlocks stuff. I could probably go on for like an hour about how great the design in this, uh, mm. and I, I love how vibrant the colors are as well mm. and all that, and uh, I'm so sick and tired of superhero movies being drab and gray
0: yeah and like the fact is is like things like the the lip plate which is traditionally um from memory sort of like an ethiopian cultural tradition the fact that 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 character was not only depicted just like here's a scene where he's fairly prominent in terms of talking as one Mm. of the leaders but he's in quite a lot of the scenes and Mm. i really like the fact that like he's got different discs and like they match his outfit and and... he was
2: dressed up as the riddler in one shot yeah yeah Yeah!
0: (laughs) (laughs) but but um like the that i I really love the fact that um the and i've forgotten the name of the royal guard but um yes uh, but the, (sighs) the the royal guards outfits um and and specifically the fact that they were sort of borrowing from lots of different Mm. um sort of looks and cultural traditions and the fact you know there's quite a lot of them have got the neck rings as well mm. um and just bringing in those elements to sort of color the whole picture as being mm. representative of of this continent and its traditions i think it just made for like you say a less gray and much more interesting film And it was just really fun to see. Um, Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis, who, as you now know, Nicola played Bilbo and Gollum in the Hobbit trilogy, uh, and obviously um, Serkis' Gollum in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, um, were affectionately known on the predominantly black set as the
2: Tolkien white guys. (laughs) That's
1: good. (laughs) That that
2: joke came out as soon as the the, the, uh, poster came out. Yeah. And
0: I just, again, they get a little scene with an interrogation And I'm just waiting for them to do a little riddle battle And it, and like at one point Andy Serkis laughs like Gollum laughs, <laughs> Like it's... that sort of, like really back of the throat Like <laughs> kind of chuckle that
2: he does Is Which I can't do Is there any scene in this movie where two white characters talk to each other? Is those two? Because there's that scene and there's the interrogation And there's the casino when they're mm. Is that it? That's pretty That's much That's so it. cool Yeah Sorry, just, wow, I never even thought about that. Wow, Mm. that's so cool. Uh, Animal shelters reported
0: adoption rates for black cats increased following the release of this film, with many of the cats being named after characters. That's not nice. Mm. How heartwarming. Yeah, I've never, I mean, I understand that there is a cultural uh, sort of taboo around black cats, Mm. but I personally have never really understood it because they're adorable. Yeah. I, I really like a little, a little Black Cat. So I'm very pleased to hear that. I mean, I'm truly yeah. not a cat person. That, but...
2: that comes down to the anti-witch bias
0: stuff. Mm, yeah. Um, this was the first live-action film to be shown in Saudi Arabia in 35 years. Wow.
1: Say that again, sorry. Uh,
0: this was the first live-action film to be shown in Saudi Arabia for 35 years.
1: Wow. wow.
0: So obviously Saudi Arabia uh, went through uh, some interesting... Um, they love the cartoons. Yeah, they went through some interesting things to do with media, certainly media portrayed, uh, created outside of Saudi Arabia. Mm. And they sort of have started a little bit like Wakanda in this film, opening mm. themselves up to things from the outside world. Uh, it wasn't the first film to be shown in Saudi Arabia from 35 years, though. There was a film from the year before that was not live action that was shown. Can Go you on. guess what it was?
2: Zootopia. It wasn't Zootopia. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, we were talking about Zootopia a few times just because of the design of the buildings and stuff. The first film that was shown in
0: Saudi Arabia for, I guess, 34 years at a film festival in Jeddah was the Emoji Movie. (laughs) And I just really like the idea of... We've not seen any films for 34 years. Let's see what the rest of the world has been doing. And it's the Emoji movie. <laughs> oh,
1: why did they not declare war on us immediately? That's really sad. It, it just... <laughs> like, think of all the amazing movies that have come out in the 34 years. And, like, I taught in the country for a while. And mm. we had one um, little uh, drive-in theatre. I'm using air quotations here. Mm-hmm. Um, it And... When I was there, a few movies came out. Because really, other mm. than drink, what have you got to do? There? So this
0: is in rural Australia when you're yeah, doing is your teaching. Yeah, up in the Pilbara. Yeah.
1: Um, and I saw the Emoji movie twice <laughs> up there, and it still wasn't worth it. Like, <laughs> there was nothing but, to do there, and I still regret seeing but it, that twice.
2: It's still, but it's got Sir Patrick Stewart as poop.
1: Oh, I was friggin' terrible.
2: I've not seen the movie. That's the only thing I know about the movie. It, and, don't even. And do that it. is just incredibly vapid.
1: It was terrible. Mm. Oh, I feel really bad for them. Yeah,
0: well, they got Black Panther yeah. after it, so I think they're on the right track now. That's a bit of a chase. I would, I would
1: love to know what they've had since. Mm.
0: Uh, well, I don't have the list of the uh, cinema times of Saudi Arabia in front of me, but... Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just Black Panther in a loop now. Yeah, basically, they're like, yep, no, nope, we got a good one, that's <laughs> it. The Warrior Falls set-piece sequence, uh, which was filmed in Atlanta, became quite problematic in that the 10-hour daily shoots were causing the actors to develop severely bloodshot eyes. At first, the production thought the cause may have been due to the chlorine in the water, but it turns out it wasn't that it was determined that lengthy exposure to the sun's overhead rays was being exacerbated by the reflection coming off the water. So sunglasses with UV protection were eventually required for all actors to wear between takes. Yeah.
1: I'm not surprised by that. Mm.
0: It was very bright, very shiny. Um, the cast and stunt team practised alongside African drums played by musician Jabari Exum so that the action would have a musical quality. Mm. And I read that and was like, that's that's really that's cool. Yeah. And again, the fight sequences in this, we haven't really talked about the way fighting is depicted. Mm. Um, it's very... It feels very different from other superhero films. I don't know if mm. it's because there were less... CGI style, like mega punches, well, like less shield throwing.
2: The only big CGI sequence is at the end, and that's probably my least favorite scene in the entire film is the CGI robot punching. Yeah. And that's. Eh. But the actual ritual combat, yeah, that was also a bit brutal. And that's mm. why I think it's really effective. It's not. There's no. Oh, I'm just lightly tapping. It's like, no, I'm trying to kill you. Yeah. And in there's effect- a lot of. Choke holds.
1: It felt less token superhero fight, mm. I think, because a really uh, prominent part of those traditional scenes are the sound effects that go along with it. Mm. The, you know, the really exacerbated punch sounds and things yeah. like that. Whereas this was a lot more natural the way it was presented. Yeah. This- and also the fact
0: that T'Challa had his. Black Panther powers removed from yeah. him for those fights. Yeah. I think, you know, the point is is that this is a much more human to human conflict. Um but I mean that said, there were, you know, a few fun CGI bits like when um in the casino fight where we see Akaya fighting with the spear on the top oh, level and then she like spears down onto somebody on the lower level. And yeah. that's that's obviously a digital transition, but like it's I think they use them pretty sparingly. Mm. Aside from, it was a good long shot. Yeah, yeah. Aside from that final fight with the rhino, which, in fairness, is a big CGI <laughs> rhino. You can't get around that bit being digital, I guess.
2: Uh, actually, oh, that's something I was going to bring up, but no, my brain's gone now. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, the rhino. <laughs> this is a movie that has a lot of death in it, mm. but it's bloodless. There's a lot of people fighting, and looks like they get stabbed a lot. Mm. There's a lot of... Because the weapons of the Condons primarily are spears. So that final scene is like... It feels like there's a lot of things happening, but also... like li- Literally, there's also people people being shot out of the sky. Mm. There's a lot of death and destruction, but it's relatively bloodless. And I think there's very few superhero movies that do that now. It's always very sanitized. Or they try and make it a thing of like, oh, nobody got hurt. Yeah.
1: But is that or, because... It's now owned by Disney. I don't know. No, because Disney does not show blood in their films. Even
2: even the DC films like tend to keep it relatively bloodless.
0: Yeah, I think the only times that you really see like the physical impact of violence are like bullet wounds for Ross and for Claw just before Claw's killed. Yeah, Uh, and obviously there is the wound uh, when M'Baku stabs T'Challa in the the first um, for the throne fight. Yeah, but um, it's not like there's sprays of blood. It's
2: yeah, they're very clean wounds.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you actually, know, it's those were Spears. They're super yeah. advanced. They they sort of it just vibrates the as they go. Uh, blood away.
1: I actually yeah. noticed that. Um, I don't know any of the character names. That's right. The the hot guy. Um, when he killmonger. Had, yep. When he had um, right at the beginning of the like big war at the end, and he mm. had the four ladies. Um, yeah, and the general was yeah. talking to him and he had one of them by the throat and slit her throat mm. and there was nothing. Like yeah, He was... fell to the ground and I was like, I really noticed yeah. there is no blood. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah there, and uh, there there would have been. So, yeah. But I, I also think that's just sort of part and parcel of making um, it's a... a more accessible superhero film than something like Deadpool where uh, yeah. the point of Deadpool is that yeah, this, this ain't for kids. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I feel as though I feel as though that's fine though as a viewer I wasn't there going but I really want to see blood like I was like no nah, this <laughs> I'm, is I'm
2: mostly making the comparison to the other MCU uh, movies like they tend to, the battle scenes tend to be a lot more fist fighting and stuff like that it's mm. very much punchy punchy kicky yeah and this one is like weapons like everyone's got bladed weapons and it's they don't really tend to apart from the fact that there's no blood there's no real like oh you know there's no destruction here like mm at the end, people are still down. Mm. You know, it's... Oh, that's one thing I'll, I I want to bring up. One of the, There's a quick shot in this movie where it's at the end montage when you see the um, committee chamber mm. and the guy that's... Um, I, I can never remember his name, but it's the leader of the family tribe that went up against T'Challa. He's replaced by M'Baku.
0: Yeah, uh, Wakabi, um, who was Akua's husband. Yes. Um, uh, p- well, f- future husband. Lover. Um. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he, and again, that's part of this film that mm. I felt was really interesting was seeing that interrelationship conflict. Yeah. Where again, Wakabi was like, this person murdered my parents, Killmonger brought him, when these other two kings didn't. I was mm. like, yep, that makes sense. That's yeah. That's why he'd be totally for a king that can get stuff done. Mm. Um, But again, it's because of more like a personal vengeance thing than a more sort of holistic view of being part of the wakandan tribe yeah. and again okoya gets so torn in this film because she know. has to serve the throne not the king and she won't help save the queen beyond what she like can do in that position i think yeah. there's just lots of lovely interpersonal and interpolitical relationships which are depicted very quickly but very effectively so good the final bit of trivia uh, is that the co-stars of this film uh, Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke who play Nakia and M'Baku were students at the Yale School of Drama at the same time Uh, Nyong'o was in the class of 2012 and Duke the following year in 2013 they saw the Avengers together when it was released Uh, they went to the cinema (laughs) and watched it and were so awestruck by it that they said they hoped to get a chance to star in a similar film one day Uh, and of course Duke uh is back as M'Baku in Infinity War so he actually gets to be in an Avengers film as well which is is pretty cool I just like the Mm. fact of those two like sitting there going one day maybe and that one day is six years later which is just really cool um so that brings us to the end of our review the only thing we really have left to discuss before we give a score is is Chadwick Boseman Mm. um and I think the thing that really struck me watching this film is I kept forgetting that he passed on I, because and I don't know if it's just because it's quite recent. I don't know if it's because he was quite young, really at yeah. you know, 43, but I actually found it quite hard to believe that he is no longer alive. Um, and, but I, I think, you know, sort of that's, I guess a processing issue for for myself. I guess it is the uh,
2: gigantic war rhino in the room, isn't it?
0: Yeah, but but I think <laughs> I, I I really I really found sometimes when I watch films when an actor has died and died recently, and we we do this on this podcast quite a bit. You know, mm. like when Ian Holm died, we did *Chariots of Fire*, and when I was watching that film, I was going like, oh, he's dead. Um, I I really just did not get that same reminder with this film. And I don't know if it's that this film just tells its story really this really well or that the performance was just so, so strong and so good. It just didn't enter
2: my mind. I only started thinking about it towards the end. Cause mm. This is why I say the giant uh, raw rhino in the room is because Black Panther 2... Mm. Is still on the cards. Mm -hmm. Marvel didn't know about uh, Chadwick's condition. He didn't tell him. I think even Ryan Klugler didn't find out until just before he died that he was ill. Mm. The reason why Black Panther 2 got delayed was because Ryan Klugler was directing another film. So nothing's been shot yet, Mm. as far as I'm aware. So people are thinking... It sounds like Disney still want to go through and make another movie, mm. so everyone's been kind of petitioning for Siri to take over the mantle in the comic books. Shiri does take over from T'Challa for a while, so it's con- comics continuity relevant. Mm. But it's also that thing of Chadwick is such a f- force of personality in it's Even though we, we I I joke that he wasn't probably the most interesting character, he he propels the movie forward. He ties the movie together, and it's like how can you continue on and part of me was like I hope they don't but part of me was also going I kind of hope they keep going mm. and because it's such a relevant film it's such a powerful film fan, a powerful franchise a powerful idea uh, I I I don't know where to go with it and I hope Disney takes the time and figure it, figures it out to do it right
1: especially because I think it is important for representation that there are movies like this yeah Um, Especially in a franchise where traditionally there's not. Yeah. So I think you're right. It's almost like they need to find a way to continue with it because it's doing something so important. Mm. But it's going to be difficult to do it in a way that really...
2: We we don't want to Princess Leia in Rise of Skywalker situation where it's just like, oh, man, that's so bad. Well, I
0: mean, that... I don't think is really achievable for starters. And I also don't think that people would accept that.
2: Um, A lot of fans want a Siri. There's been plenty of fan art to mm. Siri as Black Panther.
0: And I I would, I I think that is a a good way of potentially going forward with it. Um, Mm. I mean, just, just because Chadwick Boseman has died, I don't think that means they should go, right, well, that was the one black actor that could play this significant black role. That's
2: it done. A like lot of people the, don't want to recast it. And I think it, yeah. might, it might have to be recast. Um,
1: but they're also in a really good position where, you know, we know that kings, you yeah. know, they have their throne.
2: This movie, if anything, is about passing on the tradition. Mm. Yeah,
1: exactly. So they are in that really good position where it would be simple as long as they fast forwarded the storyline a little bit yeah. to to say that he is no longer on the throne so and I'm, have someone else I'm step up I'm just doing to the quick it.
2: mental math. So Infinity War was 2008. They've got to jump five years into the future because of the post-snap. So 2023. 2023, yeah. You know, yeah. They could, they were, I think um, Black Panther was supposed to come out in 2022. Black Panther 2 was supposed to be coming out in 2022. That's correct. So they can easily delay. Or everything's been delayed anyway. Yeah. Uh, Black Widow is not coming out until May 4th. Uh, 2021,
0: something like that. Mm. Um, it's basically in the, if you go to um, the the Wikipedia page for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there are six films that are under the future category mm-hmm. in terms of films with confirmed release dates. Them them being uh, Black Widow, uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, mm-hmm. Eternals, an untitled Spider Man sequel. The next Thor film And the next Doctor Strange film And, and, there's, then...
2: also, and there's also still Guardians 3 in the tank somewhere After yeah. uh, the Suicide Squad's Finished up with Yeah uh, Black Panther 2
0: Sort of sits in as Unannounced yeah. Basically It is it is unannounced Along with um, Whatever the Captain Marvel sequence Sequel will be Yeah And to be honest I feel as though They've got Enough Happening Within the Marvel Cinematic Universe That they can take their time hmm to figure it out it may be that they go you know what we have a story about the black panther character or the black panther identity that we really want to play around with and we've got shuri who can do it or we've got some other character or even you know we we find someone that we feel can play the role of t'challa like they they may do that but it also is entirely possible that they don't Touch Black Panther again in terms of as a standalone movie project. It may be that we may see the 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 ne- the next Black Panther, the heir to T'Challa, whoever that ends up being, may pop up in one of these other films. They might ta- they might tackle that in the next Avengers film. Yeah, so I I, I would quite like to see Shuri. Mm. I would and I would really be interested to see a film that focuses on somebody like Shuri who is not. Expected to become a, a, a queen, to become a monarch at any point, um, and about what that does to her character, because she's you know a fun-loving, wisecracking,
2: um, I have had tech, this, tech had girl. this Not a Black Panther film, but Shuri and a Aoki uh buddy cop film, <laughs> going around and kicking ass. Yeah. Perfect. So but oh, they like, would call me. But also, I mean, yeah, that would be great with like Sherry like
0: really struggling with the responsibility and Okoya acting as like her mentor. Because... Mm. Akoya was almost a mentor to Tishala. She would absolutely be yeah, in that yeah. sort of senior mentor oh, yeah. role with Shuri, and yeah. her just going like, "You need to act like a queen. You need to do this. Stop, <laughs> stop playing the switch. Come on, we got we got things to do." Do you
1: mean it will be like a Lion King two situation?
2: Oh, what? possibly. I haven't seen that one, but then again, what? I don't. Wa- I don't watch Disney. I barely watch Disney. I definitely don't watch Disney sequels. Oh, I've so seen a couple like... of Disney sequels, and they're I'm not sorry. good.
0: Well, yeah. Look, if they start singing betrayal (laughs) Then, then we'll know where they've gone all that remains now is for us to score black panther and nicola you get to go first because it was your first time watching black panther what score would you give it out of 10
1: um good question i think i think it is a really important film for particularly for its genre um i think it was really visually stunning I think the soundtrack was amazing. The acting was phenomenal. There's probably not much that I would actually fault about this movie aside from it being difficult to follow, but that's hmm. on myself. Um, and I think with another watch, I would be able to pick it up a lot better. So
2: do, you, do you think you'd watch it again?
1: You know what? That's a really good question. I'm sorry to put you on the spot. I was just no, 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 no. The... I was thinking about this earlier. I, I think the only reason that I would watch it again would be to show... Jared and Talon, because I know they haven't seen it. Mm. I would not go out of my way to watch it again, I don't think. That's fair. Just, it's not...
2: It needs more talking animals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that it was... It's a lot to digest. Mm. Um, and I think for that reason, I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't go out of my way mm. to watch it again, but I'm really glad that i did sit down and watch it mm. um so i i probably give it a nine out of ten i thought it was a really good film uh the only reason again that i don't give it a 10 out of 10 is because i found it a little bit difficult to follow
0: all right mm. simon Trust what me. about
2: you so i must admit i again i think it's probably i think it's probably one of the best uh, mcu movies ever made just Purely on an objective, I think it's an incredibly well-crafted film. On the drive here, I was actually thinking eight. It, in a said, it's not one of my favourite Marvel films. I not not because I, I I do love this film, but it's like I, I my okay. My favourite MCU movie at the moment is pretty much Thor Ragnarok. I just mm. fell in love with that. Probably Endgame after that. For because Fat Thor is deep close to my heart. I cosplay as Fat Thor. Mm. Uh, if you have seen pictures of me, that's why the beard is so long <laughs> at the moment. Um, I was going to give it an eight, and then rewatching again and listening and talking about it, I I think I would agree. I think a nine is actually a, definitely a more appropriate term. I think it's just that thing having having a gap between viewings as, like, my brain probably went like, it's probably not as good as I remember it. Mm. It can't be as good as I remember it. Nothing is as good as you remember it. No, I probably, you know, I was, I was in the cinema, there's big screen, there's the action, there's the, the, the vibe and the, the audience. And no, I really, really enjoyed that again. So, mm. it's not a perfect film. I've always said this before on this podcast, I don't think there's such a thing. And then I ended up giving tens. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nine, I think is... And absolutely perfectly, if I'm, if I'm allowed fractions, definitely
0: 9.5. Okay, yeah, we, we allow fractions. Uh, they, and I'm going to use a fraction in mine as well. It's, it's, not, it's not going to be as high a score, because mm. for me, Black Panther, I've appreciated watching it more this second time mm. Um, but Black Panther is a superhero film. Yeah. And I like superhero films, but I don't love them. Mm-hmm. Um I, I very few of them have like eked their way into my subconscious the way that other films do. Um but this is very well made and I mm-hmm. think that on the rewatching I appreciate this a lot more and it's probably gonna go slightly higher on my uh if I ever did a big Marvel ranking list, it would be now mm-hmm. a bit higher I think, because it is it I is such it, a strong it, film by itself.
2: It's- Definitely in my top ten, potentially in my top five.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably sneaking into my top
2: five as it's well. my top one. Top one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got, what, three? Yeah. Well,
1: no. <laughs> I thought you said Spider-Man didn't count. <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. There yeah, have two. been Marvel MCU Spider-Man movies. Really.
0: Well, as you make your way for the rest of the MCU, Black Panther's the one for it to beat now. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty high bar. Oh, man. Um, I, I think it is a very well-made film. I, I, I did enjoy it. Um, I think, and again, the performances are really great, and the the production design, which also won an Academy Award, um, is is top notch. Mm. And I did really enjoy it. Um, but for me, yeah, it's it, it's 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 at the higher end of superhero films, and a really enjoyable film, and certainly highly recommendable. So I'm going to give it seven and a half, Rhino Licks out I of ten. the... It's been so long, I forgot the joke ratings. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Sometimes we're allowed to do serious scores. Oh, I like the fun ones.
2: Yeah. I honestly completely forgot, and I wasn't even thinking throughout the entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's okay.
0: That's okay. We'll, we'll, everyone, everyone's his rhino licks yeah. everyone that, is rhino-licks today. Everyone is rhino-licks. That shows taken legs.
1: you were by yeah. the film.
0: Yeah. You know what? No, I'm just going to give it nine and a half Aoki's, because, you know, <laughs> we need more Aoki. We mm. really do. Um, yeah, those... those, those characters are absolutely fantastic Mm. uh guys that brings us to the end of our review of black panther so all that remains is for me to say simon and nicola thank you so much for joining me on this episode thank Thank you for having us thank you for having us once again and for those of you listening at home thank you for listening in hey um i'm going to recommend some things that you can do now if you'd like uh we are on patreon we have a very special bonus uh section that's just for people who Give us money. Uh, it is uh, over at patreon.com forward slash podcast. It's not a lot of money. You can give as little as a dollar a month if you wish, and you get access to a bunch of bonus material, uh, stuff that's uh, cut out of episodes we occasionally put together in these sort of bonus um, DVD extra episodes. Uh, and there's lots of other bonus features but if you want to find out what they are you're going to have to go look so patreon.com forward slash ccucpodcast we are also available to be found on facebook you can find us there by just searching for the cinema catch-up club within the facebook um, website search bar thing i guess Uh, but give us a like and you'll get updates on what we're up to each and every week and of course we can be listened to via a variety of podcasting platforms i assume you found one already if you're listening to this but if you're not let's say i don't know you're a group of teens at a party and someone's just popped on their favorite film (laughs) review podcast and you're all sitting around vibing on it. Uh, (laughs) We are what the kids listen to. Yeah. uh, We can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud and Spotify. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, uh, extra little request uh, from, from management uh, that I've received. Um, Management is just me, but it's me wearing a special manager hat. Um, Management have asked me to say, uh, if you give us a review on iTunes, um, you can review us with uh, a star rating. They have a little star rating system. Uh, If you leave a five-star review, it uh, it says five-star review specifically on my bit of paper, Mm. so I guess... There may be other ones, but let's just go with five. I think five's good. Find the, um, the biggest
2: the biggest amount of stars and click the biggest amount of stars. Yeah,
0: yeah, lots of stars. There's billions of stars out in space. We need to replicate that in, in reviews. But if you give us a five-star rating and a lovely little comment as well, it actually helps other people find this podcast. Um, it, because they're like, "Oh, people are reviewing this. It must be worth suggesting to other people. And you don't want to be the only person listening to us, do you? You want to share this conversation and thoughts... Uh, throughout your social circles so give us a little review there if you would like okay management hat off and that brings us to the end of this episode thank you very much for listening and until next time Wakanda forever Wakanda forever
1: Wakanda forever
0: (laughs) they can't hear us do the
1: arm thing (laughs) hang on
0: but we are doing it